Put your hands up, cause you are a criminal. You stole my heart, you stole my heart. Put your hands up, cause you are a criminal. You stole my heart again. Well, first time was enough, so I thought. But a life of crying is hard. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer-songwriter who plays piano. He has released two full-length CDs as well as an EP and a Christmas CD and has a new album coming out. He has toured and performed before thousands of fans, appearing with some of the music industry's biggest artists, including The Fray, Kelly Clarkson, Blake Shelton, The Jonas Brothers, and Leanne Rimes. On season 10 of American Idol, he was one of the top 12 males out of a field of more than 115,000. You've been hearing one of his songs called The Criminal. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show today, Tim Halperin. Hey, Bruce. How's it going? Excellent. Hi, Tim. Welcome. Uh, thanks, Thanks so much for talking to me today. Yeah, of course. It's good to be here with you. Cool. Well, let's get started by having you tell the listeners all about The Criminal, which was the song that was just playing during the introduction of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for playing that song. I remember actually when I, I first got the idea for that song, I was driving um, on my way to Dallas, and I, the line, put your hands up because you're a criminal, you stole my heart, um, came to my head, and I just thought it was one of those sort of cheeky lines, uh, clever, clever play on words. And so um, went went home after after I you know had had something going on in Dallas and then and started writing down the song, but that song is one of those where it took me a while um, to get to a final a final draft of it just because I wanted to make sure I I, I played with that same analogy of um, crime and uh, a, a, any kind of dark um, sentiment there when it came to a, a love story so. Um, it took several months, but yeah, it's a fun. I think it turned into a fun song and a fun hook. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for telling us about that. Um, now let's get to the important stuff. Happy birthday, one day late. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. How, how did you it. How did you celebrate yesterday, and or is the celebrating still ongoing? Um, you know, I, birthdays aren't what they used to be. I feel like once you, once you hit 21, uh, birthdays are just kind of another day in the books, but, um, <laughs> it, it was good. It, yesterday was kind of exactly how I would have, um, wanted to celebrate my birthday, which was, I was home in, in Nashville. I did have a couple meetings in the morning, but other than that, um, I was able to be with my wife and, 
um, and, and rode my, I got a scooter here in Nashville. That's my new toy. And so I was driving that around and Uh-oh. then, um, cook steaks on the grill. And, uh, that was about it. So it was, it was a wonderful birthday for me. Was the scooter a birthday present or you already had it? Uh, already had it. Uh, it was when, when we moved here, we, we live South of Nashville in an area where, um, everything's about a mile and a half or two miles away. And so, um, I, I told my wife, I really wanted to get a scooter and, um, she finally caved and, and, uh, <laughs> let me get one. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty dorky, but, uh, I'm, I'm proud to be a dork, I guess. And I love riding it around. Well, not to mention that you save wear and tear on the car. Gas, That's right. You know the mileage, all all that kind of stuff. Now yeah, I, man, I, I, have, I have to ask though. I mean, I can see where you're going with that. You're trying to be economical, but as someone who is a motorcycle rider, is there? Are you going to graduate to a motorcycle at some point, or is this where you're drawing the line? <laughs> you got a bike? I love it, Bruce. Man, you're a rebel without a cause, dude. Um, you know, I I I would love to. I, I think it's one of the, it's it's funny because I got the scooter and and I, it's almost like a gateway into the whole world of of bikes. And uh, it, I think I'd, I'd want a motorcycle for several reasons. One of them, though, being I want to get the motorcycle wave, and you know exactly yes, what I'm talking yes, about. Yep, yep. <laughs> I just so, did yeah. I just did it over here. <laughs> did you? So do you do you ride yours everywhere? Uh, well, I'm between bikes right now, thanks to a uh, an automobile driver who was kind enough to uh, deliver me a broken ankle. Uh, oh shoot! Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's all good. I'll, I'll, I I I will ride again. He said. What What kind of bike do you want to get? Well, I want to graduate up to a, a bigger Harley. I had a uh, had a, a Kawasaki. It was a 750. Um, and even though I'm not a big guy, uh, it it actually was too small of a bike for me. So I want to I want to go go big and 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 go Harley. Come on, Bruce. Got <laughs> it, baby. I love but it. But see, now this is cool because you know this opens up a whole new avenue for you to for you to write songs. You know, because yes. I, I know I have a client that you know she she rides and uh, and she has written a song uh, about you know about what it's like being out there on the open road on the bike at night, just you know just you and and nothing around you. And I'm sure that, yeah, and I'm sure that, that you'll, I mean, you know, all, all kidding aside, even if it is just the scooter, um, you know, I'm sure you'll, you'll find all, all sorts of, uh, you know, new means of inspiration. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and two here in, uh, just outside of Nashville, the rolling hills are so beautiful and there's something about just being, being in the midst of that and in the open air. And I think it's, I think it will lead to some inspiration. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes up. My next album, who knows, it might be called Scooter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like saying here we are with Tim Scooter Halperin. On <laughs> Maybe I'll change my artist name to Scooter Halperin. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in all seriousness, congratulations. Uh, not so much on the birthday, and, and my brother will be the first one to, to tell people wedding anniversary wedding anniversaries are what people should really be congratulated on birthdays. Yeah. You know, heck, all you did was live another year. <laughs> uh, but but, but congratulations on the new album, which comes out August 14th, but that people can start ordering today, June 10th, uh, on iTunes. Tell yeah. the listeners all about what you've got coming out this time. Yeah, I am um, beyond excited for this. Uh, th- this album 
I, I went I went and, and met with um, the guy who ultimately ended up being the producer for this record, and his name's Jeff Pardo, and he's as much a songwriter as he is a producer in Nashville, and and um, well known for both. But I talked to him, and I just said, "Here's the deal, Jeff. I'm I'm super you know proud of everything I put out. I'm kind of ready." to just have some fun and, and, and do a really fun project. And so I took him a couple of ideas that I had and he said, you know what, this may sound crazy, but I hear this going eighties. And huh. I was like, yeah, that sounds really crazy, but I, I let's give it a shot. And, um, so we just kind of ran with it and you'll hear, um, at, at the end of this, uh, podcast, I think you're going to hear one of, um, one of those songs and it's, uh, it's super fun. I can't wait to play them live. Um, and so half of the record is going to sound like that. And the other half is going to be more in the wheelhouse of where I've been, which is singer songwriter. Um, but, but each song is, is real fun and, 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 and special to me. And so, um, I'm, I'm excited to put it out. And how did you come together with him? How did you get introduced to him? You know, um, it's kind of a cool story. I, during the summers, I play at a lot of Young Life camps. Um, and for those who may not be familiar, Young Life has, uh, camps all across the U.S., um, about 27. And, um, Young Life is, uh, it's ba- basically, I mean, it's sort of like a ministry, but, but more than that, it's, um, it's just college age kids, um, getting, getting to hang out with high schoolers and they do clubs once a week and, you know, sing, sing, sing fun cover songs and stuff like that. And then, and, and at the end of every year they go to camp and um and so uh this uh uh i don't even remember where the heck i was going with that Uh, of Um, of how you came to to know your producer oh yeah so anyway so a guy that i had met through the whole young life thing is now with capitol records in nashville and so we met up and he said, gosh, you should really connect with my friend Jeff, um, this producer, um, who's also an incredible songwriter. And, and so, yeah, so we met up that way and turned into to be a great connection and, and friendship. And I was very impressed with him. And, you know, getting back to the, the discussion about the scooters, in all seriousness, you know, as, as a songwriter, of course, it always is a very welcoming experience when you do have new sources of inspiration, be it a scooter, be it meeting Jeff for the first time, who you said is as much a songwriter as he is a producer, even something like going to the Young Life camps. And, you know, I mean, look at how obviously you're you're in a great spot being in Nashville. Uh, and it just sounds to me that so many doors have opened for you because of all these different experiences that that you've been open to to getting involved with. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, sometimes it's a little bit daunting moving to a new place, especially a place like Nashville, um, where there are so many talented musicians and um, a lot of industry folks as well. But um, yeah, when it comes down to it, it's a lot smaller of of a city, and and in, in the bigger picture, it's just a lot smaller of a community than you than one might think. And I listened to your episode with Clark and was. Uh, just loving every second of that. But I, I really did uh, value what Clark had to say about um, you never know who you're going to meet. And it's always important to, to strike up a conversation and to be friendly and to, um, and to truly care about other people, because that uh, a lot of times is going to open doors uh, for you that you didn't even anticipate on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I will, I will go back and, uh, and have you comment on, on the moving to Nashville aspect, but first, just so that the listeners can kind of get caught up here on, on what we're referring to. Uh, if you didn't hear it, listeners, go back and listen to episode 64 with Clark Nowlin. Um, that's who Tim is referring to. 
And so go ahead, Tim, uh, you mentioned about coming to Nashville. We were laughing off the air uh, about my confusion as to where you might be today because you have been <laughs> in so many places. So just kind of, uh, you know, trace the roots, if you will, for the listeners as to where you were before you got to Nashville, uh, geographically, sure. geographically. Sure, sure. I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska and lived there until I was 18 and went to uh, TCU, Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas. So I made the move to Texas and absolutely loved my time there. So I stuck around um, and right on the tail end of my time at TCU, I was on American Idol. And um, so I was back and forth to LA, but but then um, a radio DJ based in Dallas named Kid Craddock um, began to champion my music. So I stuck around Fort Worth, um, which is just right by Dallas, and then um, last year made the move uh, to here, here to Nashville. Um, actually, by way of Knoxville, um, <laughs> I was my wife uh, was living in Knoxville, so I lived there for a while to be close to her. And then we, when we got married, got a place in Nashville. So here I am. All right, and uh, what listeners, what what Tim was referring to again? Listen to episode sixty four with Clark Nolan. Clark really did a great job of of not only encouraging people to stay involved and do as much networking as you can, but he kind of took it a step further and showed, you know, examples of how you can do it, where it has led him to the potential that that networking has. Uh, but, but Tim, I'd like you, if, if you don't mind, just dig a little deeper with when you mentioned the DJ that decided to champion your music. How does that happen, though? How does, how does one get a DJ to take a personal interest in their music to the point where they say, you know what, I really like this guy. I'm, I'm going to kind of push his stuff for him. Yeah, um, that's a great question, and it's a really cool story, actually. Um, I, I've, been, I've been very fortunate uh, to, to have been in a couple of the right places at the right time in my career. And um, so on the tail end of American Idol, I left when they cut to 12 people, the 12 finalists, and I went, I went back to Fort Worth, and um, I was being pitched for different radio interviews. And... Um, this is the crazy part about it that actually th- this story has never really been told on the air. So it's, uh, the your podcast gets the, the exclusive. First. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Actually, exclusive actually, story. let me jump in here because this is a great opportunity for all those of you uh, who are listening to now hear this entertainment for the first time. This is not the first time that we've had an exclusive. Now, mind you, unfortunately, it has been a while, but I do know that we've had instances where we have been given music to play here on the podcast before it's even come out on the radio, in stores, that type of thing. I'm thinking of Lindsay McCall. I, I believe both of the songs that she gave us, uh, I believe those were both exclusives to, to now hear this entertainment. And I believe that Juliana Zobrist, we had uh, one from her, and then there was a guest or two later on that just kind of did what you're about to do here, which was just discuss some exclusive content that they never talked about before, even if it was, you know, okay, here's the real deal about how I broke up with my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, uh, thank you for letting me blow my own horn, Tim, but, but, yeah, but, but go ahead, I'm, I'm, I'm well, excited and, to hear the story. And Bruce, I'm giving you both because I'm giving you the story and the last track that you'll play, uh, no one's nice, heard yet. Nice. So... Uh, uh, but yeah, so the the real story behind it is this. So um, I, I, after American Idol and I was cut, I actually first went home to where I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and was on their Top 40, their, their pop radio um, morning show. And the, the coincidence is, um, or really not coincidence, just uh, the way it was, 
Craddock and uh, Kid Craddock is the DJ in Dallas who ended up championing my music. And the Kid Craddock show is huge. It's it's syndicated to about seventy five cities, about two and a half million listeners uh, for their morning show. And so they were scouting um, potential new talent and were listening to um, Omaha's uh, top forty morning radio show the morning that I happened to be on the air after I was cut for American mm. Idol. Wow. And he, they were listening to the DJs, but but Kid um, was saying, "Gosh, who's this? Who's this kid on the on the show?" And they, his producers were like, "Well, you know, it's Tim Halpern. He was just on American Idol and was cut." And the whole morning show was just me talking about Idol and playing original songs um, that I that I wrote written. You were, you were and, there and in so, the studio playing. Yes, and in, in Omaha. Yep. And so, and Kid was listening in, not to my, and I had no idea, and. Um, so they finished. So we finished the show in Omaha. Well, that same day, the the people who were plugging me for radio interviews called Kid Craddock's producer and said, "Hey, I've got this kid from American Idol trying to find some interviews for him. Would you guys be interested?" And Kid's producer was like, "Well, yeah. Kid's been talking about Tim all morning. We definitely want him on the show." Wow. And um, and so so he could, so this guy called me back the the promoter and said you'll never believe this but I got you on Kid Craddock in the morning <laughs> and uh, and then he told me um, you know Kid Craddock is a really big Ben Folds fan and Ben Folds is my hero I, I'm I'm a huge Ben Folds five fan mm-hmm. um, and so I uh, know a lot of Ben Folds songs and so when I went in to Kid's show for the interview uh, during sound check. Um, I just was playing Ben Fold song after Ben Fold song <laughs> and a uh, kid walked in and, you know, immediately was taken aback and, and he said, are you playing Ben Folds? And I said, yeah, yeah, I love Ben Folds. And he was like, Tim, why don't you come with me? And uh, gave me a tour of his studio and um, pulled me aside and showed me he had just gotten a tattoo on his right arm of l- a lyric to one of Ben Fold songs. Whoa, whoa. Um, yeah, and so then we did uh, we did the segment on Kid's show, and I played my song that I was pushing at the time, and Kid, you know, said, "Hey, I want to see you in my office afterwards," and just said, "Hey, I want to help you out in whatever way possible if you'll let wow. me." Wow! And uh, from there, yeah, he created a segment on the show called "Idol Got It Wrong," um, <laughs> where for the remainder of American Idol each week, there were eight weeks left. Um, I would my band and I would learn a song that was sung on the idol um, overnight. And then the following mm. morning would perform it live on kids show. And wow. the listeners would vote if wow. we were better than the idol contestant. Wow. Um, so yeah. And so that went on, we ended up winning that went on for, you know, eight weeks. And then um, I, I still to this day go on their show um, uh, frequently and they promote my, my new material. So it's just been incredible. Yeah. No, that's outstanding. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's yeah. Great. Yeah. It was, yeah, it would, the whole thing was, for me, it was, um, it was, it was overwhelming. It was, uh, it was so riveting and, and just such a thrill to, to be in the midst of that and to just kind of see this career start to unfold and a chance to do what I love. I'm sure. I'm sure. So the lead into all that, we were talking about the, the new album and, and what people can expect, et cetera. And, a couple of weeks ago, you shot a new music video. So I'm curious, when will people be able to see that? Which song is it for? And is there anything you want to reveal about what they will see? Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for asking. We Yeah, we shot a video in L.A. And um, the song is called Love That Lasts. 
And uh, the premise of the song, it's it's about a real story, but basically um, uh, it's about a girl who is looking looking for love in all the wrong places kind of a thing and, and, and sort of sacrificing who she was um, to find that. And uh, so the video, though, because it's another one of the 80s-esque um, songs, we, I, I wanted to do some kind of 80s concept. And this is another one of these, these stories. I mean, for me, I'm a man of faith, and I don't think anything um, happens by chance. And so it's, it's cool when, when, these, when these stories sort of weave themselves together. But um, I, I came across, I was, I was trying to figure out how could we do this concept um, for a cool music video that's eight, in the 80s vibe. And um, I came across this video of these guys doing a skate-off on roller skates um, where they're doing just these crazy breakdance moves on roller skates. And, uh, I was like, this is so rad. Like it's so different. And, um, so I emailed one of the guys and he said, yeah, I mean, actually we're roommates and we both would love to do some kind of, you know, music video. So I was like, okay, so now I just got to figure this out. Um, and they both were in LA. And so then my friend Haley Arantia, who's, um, on the show, the Goldbergs on ABC, um, which is an eighties throwback sitcom. She was in Nashville, um, recording and met up with her and told her I, m- I might be out in L.A. and so we should hang out because I want to I want to film this music video and told her what it was about and told her it was about these these jam skaters. And she said, well, that's that's funny. I, I know a guy who does that. And I said, well, really, well, what's his name? And Brandon Perea, it was one of the it was the guy that I had been emailing. with. Wow. Um, wow. Which, what are the chances? And then um, her roommate is this incredible videographer. And so all the pieces suddenly came together. And then I'm like, I'm an idiot. Haley, you should be in the video because (laughs) the whole TV show you're in is about the 80s. And uh, so it all worked out. So um, the video, it it does have a storyline, but um, you're going to see some incredible uh, skating tricks um, from the sport that is kind of underground, but is just jaw dropping what they can do on roller skates. So um, that'll be out June uh, 18th. So a week after, after you're listening to this. Beautiful story. That's, that's, that's tremendous. Yeah. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Tim Halperin. Visit his official website at www.timhalperin.com. And, of course, do interact with him on social media, too. There are links at the bottom of his website homepage to his Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube and, of course, purchase his music on iTunes or right on timhalperin.com. As we were just discussing, starting today, you can pre-order his new album and keep up with him online so you can also find out where and when he'll be performing live. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free. And it makes it so easy to get the show every week, it will just download automatically when a new episode comes out, so you don't have to go looking for it. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. Wow, we are at episode 70 today. We have had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Tim, we were talking about the music video. Uh, speaking of acting and being filmed, if 
no, make that when people go to your YouTube channel, which, yeah. which wow, has some videos with some big numbers, including one with almost a quarter of a million views. Uh, there's yeah. a video on there of you making a cameo appearance on the TV show Nashville in a scene with <laughs> Christina Aguilera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that had to be a pretty cool experience. It was. Uh, it was kind of hilarious. Um, <laughs> the video I... that you have on YouTube is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it says underneath the caption says, this is how it really aired on TV. <laughs> the slow motion. <laughs> Yeah, I had to make my 15 seconds last. Um, yeah, so uh, I I was reading a book called Love Does uh, by Bob Goff, and there's a chapter in there where he sneaks onto the set of National Treasure 2 with his friend and talks about how they, um, they just acted like they were in uh, Nicolas Cage's posse and just walked right through and nobody questioned them. And so true I story? was like, true story. Oh, yeah, true story. True story. Wow. And so, um, and I had just been on this, this sailing trip with Bob and his wife. And so I was, and I was just very inspired by, by the guy, you know, himself in his book. And so I told my wife, Kylie, I was like, gosh, how fun would it be if we could sneak onto the set of Nashville? <laughs> and, uh, and so I just started Googling, you know, maybe, you know, location leaks for the show Nashville, stuff like that. And there was one, there, it took a while and I came across a, a link that said, um, you know, click here if you want to um, apply to be an extra on the show. So I was like, all right, well, maybe I can just do it that way. And so I filled out this really long application. I mean, it was, it was pretty insane how long it was. And then I hit submit. And I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's because I, I, I'd had the American Idol uh, credit to my name or, you know, I guess that counts as acting experience. I don't know what the deal was, but literally two minutes after I hit submit, I got a phone call um, from the, the casting agency and they said, wow. Hey, we could really use you for tomorrow. Wow. Um, wow. And I was like, Okay. Uh, well, that was quick. Um, and so, and then, and then Kylie, my wife filled out an application too. And I, so I told them, and so they invited her as well. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, I had been, you know, I did the whole American Idol thing and then I had visited my friend Haley on the show, the Goldbergs. Um, but it's one thing to, to be, you know, either a regular or to visit someone who's a regular on the show, but it's another thing to be an extra. Yeah. You kind of get treated like cattle <laughs> when you're an extra. Um, but so we got there and they, they put us in a, a holding room or whatever. And, uh, and then with the, we, we went upstairs and they told us, Hey, you know, Christina Aguilera is a guest star on this episode. And <laughs> so that, you know, I thought that was kind of cool, yeah. but we went up there and, um, it was this, this mansion in Nashville and, um, they started assigning people jobs of things to carry. And we were supposed to be setting up a party at Christina Aguilera's house. And, um, and then I was a, literally the last person left to give an, a, an assigned task to. And so I was like, well, I'll probably just be in the background or something. But, um, the guy's like, Hey, why don't you come over here and hold this pot of flowers? And I was like, okay, great. You know, I'm, I'm really good at that. And, um, <laughs> so I went over there and, and then, but then they brought, they brought in, uh, this, the stand-ins and, um, this one stand-in was interacting with me, you know, for most of the scene. And I was like, well, I'm going to be interacting with somebody. Um, and then sure enough, it was Christina Aguilera. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, so I was like, how funny is this? Like a day ago, I had, <laughs> hadn't even thought about, you know, doing something like this. And now here I am with Christina Aguilera <laughs> holding flowers for her. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, but it was, it was a fun, it was a fun experience. Um, 
and uh, it was cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm curious does does being on American Idol get you a SAG card? Uh, it, it, yeah, I can. Um, I I thought about applying when I was out there. It's but I'm not sure exactly what the specifics are. The other thing is when you do get a SAG card, it it costs quite a bit of money. Yeah, I've heard. And that. so um, the I remember somebody had told me that it was. Back when I was on the show, it was a little cheaper than it is now. Apparently now it's like over $3,000 to get a SAG card. Um, but if if I had gotten one when I was on Idol, then every episode that they aired that I was on, they would have had to pay me $1,000. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a gamble because you, you don't know how long you're going to be on the show or stay. Sure. And so you could put this investment in and, and potentially not get it back. Yeah. Um, so I haven't gotten one. Plus the fact of I'm not serious about an acting career. Um, sure, and sure. at this point, at least I don't think I will be, but, um, so it's not really worth it for me to, to get one and pay membership dues. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is you're not better than anyone, but you especially don't want to alienate the sound guy. Remember, he has the ability to control a large part of how you sound throughout your show. Everything from volume to your highs, mids, and lows, and even effects. You'll go a long way if you endear yourself to the person running the controls at your shows. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Are you digging the Bruce's Bonus segment each week? Listeners, are the tips helping you out, musicians and entertainers who are listening? There's one on every episode. We've even got an ebook for sale at nowhearthis.biz containing the bonus from each of the first 40 episodes. So go there and check that out. Last week on the show, Victor Wainwright talked about touring with his band, The Wild Roots, but then also going on the road uh, with the band Southern Hospitality. You have toured with a band called Green River Ordinance. So yeah. if you would, just give the listeners some insight into that aspect of, of all that you're doing in music. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the touring piece, uh, yeah, the, the Green River Ordinance tour was a lot of fun. I've known those guys for many years um, because we were in Fort Worth together. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think tour, touring is probably the hardest piece of the, of the pie um, at, at any stage, really. I mean, whether, whether you're independent completely, whether you have a booking agent, whether, whether you have a label, uh, it's just hard. Um, and it's hard to build up a fan base on the road and, um, to make it worthwhile and to make ends meet and, and make it profitable. And, uh, so that, that tour in particular, um, was nice because you know i do know those guys and and they draw decent crowds um in dallas we played in front of 2000 um the the other shows it was more along the lines of you know three to five hundred people um in rooms but uh yeah i I, for me other than other than that other than in all these other chances of um opening for people for me mostly they've been one-off situations in dallas because dallas is sort of my strong market um but I think I was reading an article today, actually, about 
it's no matter what, and, and this goes for not just the touring side of the business, but no one is going to be more incentivated to, to make things happen for you than you. And so even though I, I have a booking agency and I have a booking agent and, um, you know, they're great, but at the same time, I still do a lot of lead generation on my end and look for opportunities on my end, um, because you just have to. Sure. And if, if you don't, um, they're, they're, they're going to be helping you out. But bottom line is you always have to be on the lookout for opportunities, um, and, and sort of sticking your nose in different places to get chances to play in front of people. Um, cause that's extremely valuable. Well, and, and so now on, I want to piggyback on a couple of those things. On episode 66, Damon Fowler talked about, you just mentioned it in there in your answer, you were saying, you know, going out on the road and are there going to be fans there? It's tough to make new fans in other cities. So listeners, if you're an up and coming musician who's at that stage of your career, go back and listen to episode 66 and Damon Fowler kind of talks about when you do get to that point in your career and you decide like, gee, you know, will there be fans if, if I go to other cities? And then similarly, what you're talking about there, Tim, you know, of, hey, you know, it's it's nice to have a booking agent, but, you know, I, I just want to work and, and I'm going to look for stuff on my own. It's not too far from what Victor Wainwright was talking about last week, this this model of, yeah, sometimes I tour with the Wild Roots, yeah, sometimes I, I, I tour with uh, Southern Hospitality, and I think he even talked about a third band, and it just keeps him busy, it keeps him working, he's playing 250 nights a year, as opposed to, you know, I, I think I put this in a blog uh, at the beginning of this week or last week, that, you know, if if you say, well, my ego is getting in the way, I mean, obviously you're not going to say that, but if you think, no, 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 my name has to be out front, I'm not going to go play with other bands under their name, well, then just be prepared to play 66.6% fewer shows than you would if you follow this model that Victor is following. And, and, and like Tim is saying here, listeners, you know, Tim is saying, look, I have a booking agent, but it doesn't stop me from looking for stuff on my own. So uh, th- thank you, Tim. I'm glad that, glad that you shared that because I think, you know, people here your credentials and the fact that you do have a booking agency and they think, well, this Tim Halpern guy, he's got it on cruise control. Yeah, definitely not the case at all. I mean, literally right now, uh, this last week, I spent two full days sending emails out to, um, to venues, uh, that I want to hit in the fall. And I mean, I've, I've heard back from one and the date that I asked for is, is booked up. So, I mean, it's just like it, it, um, it just takes so much persistence. I think that, I think the hardest i think that probably is the hardest thing about trying to do music um, whether you're doing it for a living or just trying to 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 to, to open the door to to doing it as a hobby and uh, um and seeing where that goes but i think the toughest thing is you're going to hear no a lot you're going to hear nothing a lot um and you know even with me we you know i and sending out what i would think by now i've built up a pretty decent resume and i've and i've played with some acts that i would think would would add credibility to what i'm bringing to the table here um so it doesn't matter sometimes i mean it really um people people that are that are doing booking at venues get 100 emails a day and um your persistence is is going to pay off in the end but it just it feels like this long struggle um and that hasn't gone away um and i've been doing it full time now for four four and a half about four years and uh so yeah i i just think that's just the mentality you have to have is I'm just going to work, I'm going to work my butt off because I love this. And, 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 um, that, that's just something that it's not going to be, 
you're not going to be flying first class with Fergie um, after a few <laughs> years. It's just not going to happen. Well, you know, we've had on this show, uh, we had Shannon McGrain on episode uh, three. She was a top 12 finalist on American Idol in 2012. We had uh, Shauna P., who was on The Voice in 2013. We had Lindsay Bruce on our big yeah. episode 50 from The Voice in 2014. You're the first one that I just, I don't know, I, I feel moved, I feel comfortable enough to kind of push the envelope with you a little bit and, and ask you, yeah. Granted, it's been five years since Idol, and, and I'm about to sit here, and, and I have another question uh, in the on deck circle here about all these big names that that you know that you've been on the same bill with. How, what, what does that email look like that you're sending to these venues? I mean, how much do you play the American Idol card? I mean, granted, it's you know, well, Bruce, I wasn't a top three, I wasn't a top five, but you know, like you said, with with being an extra on Nashville, who knows? Maybe that maybe that carried some clout. Uh, yeah. Is it is it well, Bruce? I don't mention American Idol in my emails any more than I do mention the fact that I've you know been out with the Frey and Kelly Clarkson and blah blah blah. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I've I've changed my style. I think over the years of of how I send a pitch email when it comes to shows. What I've put together is a a pretty solid one sheet um, in a PDF format, and so I think. I think now, uh, especially today in the market that we're in now, um, being quick and to the point and knowing how to capture um, your biggest strengths and what you bring to the table in a paragraph is going to be crucial. Um, and so in an email, um, I'm going to I'm gonna tell the person, hey, my name is Tim Halpern. I'm a singer-songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and I will say, yeah, I'll, I'll include I was a finalist on American Idol, um, but in the same breath as saying, um, I've also played, you know, I've opened for these acts, um, and, gotcha. and have been championed by this, the, by Kid Craddock in the morning. Yeah. Um, the other thing the, the, the main thing that venues want to know, unfortunately, um, is going to be our, what's your draw going to be in our city? Yeah, because bottom line is, yeah, bottom line is it comes down to money. And so, um, unless you've gotten, um, some, some kind of exposure, which I mean, use what you have, you got to know how to you got to know how to word it in the right way. Um, you know, for instance, several years ago before Idol, um, I had had two songs on The Real World and MTV. So that that was my go-to of... And I had a, I had a music video that Jimmy Kimmel tweeted, you know. So it's like, <laughs> um, hey, you know, I, I had a couple songs on, on The Real World and MTV this year, and Jimmy Kimmel tweeted this song. And, you know, and, and uh, I, I think I can draw this many people to your venue. Now it's going to be, you know, like I sent an email this this week um, to a club that's saying, yeah, I was a finalist on American Idol, um, and I'm, I'm, you know, acoustic singer-songwriter. Um, I, I need to have an all-ages show. I'm going to be playing in front of 150 kids from your town this summer at camp, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think I can have a good draw. Because um, bottom line, you just have to appeal to the fact that they they want to know that you can draw people. And whether it's because you've had exposure on TV or radio um, or you've been given some kind of award that's gotten your name out there or you've actually played in their market and you can tell them hard numbers, yep. um, that's what they're looking for. And you just have to say it in a concise way. Yeah, and and just, you know, not that not that anyone listening has a reason to, to doubt Tim, but, you know, I can back that up as, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, a client of mine who's in Southern California, and, and mind you, she's a, uh, she's a former Young Life uh, participant herself back in back in her high school days, um, but she uh, she's in Southern California, and uh, you know there was a, a booker up in up in the North Hollywood area 
that I was talking to. And, and like Tim said, that was the very first thing that I asked is, well, what kind of draw is she going to have up here in North Hollywood? <laughs> and unfortunately, the fact of the matter is that out there, people don't really want to travel too far uh, no. you know, to go see you know people out, outside of their comfort zone. Um, so that, that does... Um, definitely become become a factor but but yeah. so so you know while while we're talking about about playing live shows uh and, and i hinted at it a few minutes ago i did mention back in the intro you're having been out uh you know on bills with the likes of the fray and kelly clarkson blake shelton the jonas brothers leanne rhymes among others uh you know this this kind of everything that we've been talking about just kind of all gets put in a blender i feel like you know with references to Clark and, and, and uh, some of the others. Because what, what I just described there, all those names, that, that all only continues to add to your experience and contributes to your being even more widely connected with so many other artists. Yes? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 you got to look at every opportunity. I, I think uh, here's my, my approach um, when it comes to opportunities and putting my, putting my name in the hat for something like that is – I want to I want to approach it with having zero expectations because if you get your hopes up in anything especially in the music and entertainment world you're going to get hurt. I mean it's going to hurt you big time. Um but I also want to approach it with the mentality of a 5-year-old if I land something where looking at it as oh my gosh like like thank the lord this is a huge opportunity i am going to prepare to put on the best possible show that i can um for instance you know i I think right right before clark was on your show um and he played with me we opened for lifehouse in dallas and um we look at that opportunity as okay there's gonna be three thousand people here um what what kind of a set would lifehouse fans um hear that would make them want to buy the album, go to another show, um, get follow follow what's going on on, on Twitter or or uh, Instagram, and then and then also as you know you spoke about with with Clark is it's just having a friendly conversation with the band which we did with Lifehouse and they're they're great guys. Unfortunately, not everyone are you know great people, but and you just sure. gotta you gotta feel feel that out. Sure. But for the most part, people are gonna want to be friendly with you. Um, but your motive can't be what what what's in this for me because they're going to see right through that right away. Oh yeah. Um, people want to help people that are that are doing that have the right motives and that that, that are pure hearted when it comes to to music. Um, that's who they want to help. Yeah, you can't walk into those situations with your hand out. They'll you know they'll they'll smell that a mile away. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. By the way, let's back up to the Jimmy Kimmel thing. I love that that the conversation went the way it did because it gives me an excuse to tag him in my tweet when I promote this episode. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Dear Jimmy, your good friend Tim Halperin. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I had tweeted at him so many times after he he retweeted that one. Yeah, nice. I haven't gotten a retweet since. But, nice. Um, uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's picking his spots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know... All, all lessons aside, uh, any highlights though? You know, all those, all those shows that I mentioned, all those names, people that you've played with. Is there a, a story maybe that really stands out that that you'd like to share uh, with the yeah. folks in the audience? No doubt, there's there's a million. I'll share a couple. Um, one being, uh, we opened for the freight twice actually. And the first time was, it was a fundraiser for this charity I'm involved with called kids, kids. And it, that DJ, that champion me, kid Craddock, he started this, this charity. Um, and so we did a show at kids house. Um, oh, and, cool. uh, 
as a fundraiser with the fray and um talk talk about somebody who's just an an all-star in my book um isaac slade who's the lead singer of the fray he we were sitting outside before the show he came outside and um and sat down and uh you know had a glass of wine with us and just talked and and asked was asking me about how everything was going where it was at and um was just super genuine and um and it was just something that I'll that I'll hold on to, you know, as long as I lived, because I, I just really appreciated how how authentic he was as just as a human being as well as a performer. And, yeah, it and uh, like it. so that was really cool. The other um, story that's that is hilarious. Um, I mean, it's it, first of all, it's super fitting and and really cool. But um, so that DJ Craddock, he passed away, and um, he, we had a public memorial for him at American Airlines Center in Dallas that I played at um, with Ben Folds, uh, mm. which was so fitting. Wow. Um, and so there, there we were celebrating Kid, and I and I was getting to play a show with my hero, yeah. which was the connector piece to our relationship, anyways. Yeah. And, um, so before the show, I, I, so I had never met Ben Folds and I was, I was freaking out. Um, I didn't know what to say to him cause I had so many things I wanted to say to him. <laughs> um, but what I ended up telling him was, uh, this story about, I don't know if you recall, but, um, when I, iTunes came out with a social media platform at one point, uh, I think it was called iTunes plus and it just flopped. It failed miserably. Um, but when they when they opened it the day they opened uh this this platform i signed up um as a fake ben folds account <laughs> and uh, so i literally copied his picture and bio from there, and i put it on on this this page and um and the only thing i did as fake ben folds was buy the tim halpern ep uh, so oh, that's and, beautiful <laughs> it looked like Ben Folds was buying my music. And, and um, I turned around a few days later, and there are thousands of people following this fake account because they think it's really Ben Folds. And, um, and then I was at a show in College Station, Texas, and somebody texted me, and they're like, oh, my gosh, dude, you won't believe this. And they sent me this link, and it was a link to a, a news article um, about how iTunes Plus wasn't verifying users and it had a screenshot of my fake Ben Folds <laughs> profile. Um, oh and so then I was like, wow, this is getting a little out of hand. <laughs> and um, I went to Ben Folds' Twitter, and, it's, and so many people have been tweeting him, him to see if it was really him that he said, you know, we're, we're going to find the perpetrator and, Oops. you know, blast, blast one of my, uh, you know, one of his joke songs in, at high volumes until he, you know, submits or or whatever the language was, but he, it was a joke. But, you know. but I, but so then I freaked out and I was like, well, the last thing I want is for Ben Folds to be mad at me. So I, I took down the fake account. Wow. Um, so I told Ben Folds that whole story and, um, and Ben Folds laughed and, and he said, man, you know, it's funny. Um, I was on the road a few years ago with John Mayer and before, and, and, uh, in the, in the mid nineties, when, um, the internet really started to blow up and people, the big thing was people were selling bootleg copies of live shows on the internet. And some kid was selling Ben Fold's live shows on the internet. Um, and, and Ben Fold's label wanted to sue the kid and Ben Fold said, no, just leave him alone. You know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> well, before a show a couple of years ago, John Mayer, John Mayer came up to him and said, Hey, you know, that kid that was selling the bootleg versions of your shows in new England. And he was like, yeah. And Mayer's like, well, that was me. Wow. 
(laughs) So pretty hilarious uh, story. But I was like, how cool is that? Crazy. Crazy. Good stuff. Good stuff. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Tim Halperin. Visit his official website at www.timhalperin.com. And of course, do interact with him on social media too. There are links at the bottom of his website homepage to his Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And of course, purchase his music on iTunes or right on timhalperin.com. As we mentioned before, starting today, you can pre-order his new album from iTunes and keep up with him online so you can also find where and when he will be performing live. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will download automatically when a new episode comes out, even if you're sleeping, so you don't have to go looking for it. Today, we are now up to episode 70. If you're a new listener to the show, please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Uh, Tim, I wonder, although it has been five years now since you were on American Idol, are there lessons that you learned from that experience that you're still applying today? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. American Idol was a huge learning opportunity for me. Uh, I, I listen I listen back to my stuff before Idol and then post Idol, and, and I hear a huge difference. I, I think the biggest um, benefits to me were, well, you, you're put in this situation where your feet are really to the flame. I mean, it's, it's kind of figure out who you are, um, or, or die in a sense on the show. And, um, what, what the, the coaches, the vocal coaches, the producers, the people on American Idol really helped and brought to the table was, um, allowing us to figure out what our strengths are as performers. And so something that the vocal coaches identified for me early on was that um, my, my biggest strength as a performer and as a vocalist is authenticity and that emotion comes through in the tone of my voice. And um, when, when, when I learned that, um, and even now, it's, I try and lean on that with what I do. Um, I, think, I think that's a practice that should apply across the board, um, whether it's business or um, any profession. Um, and especially when it comes to performing, you have to know what your strengths are and play to that. And so um, that was huge for me. And the other thing that was huge for me was um, giving me a, a healthy dose of, of confidence of just knowing this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, getting, getting to that point on American Idol out of a field of so many contestants um, just allowed me to say, okay, I'm in, I'm in the right place. I need to really focus in on, on, on being, being a singer and a songwriter and uh, give it all I have. And so, yeah, I've, I've, I've taken those things away for nice, sure. Nice. Very good. Uh, two weeks ago on this show, my guest was Sarah Kroger, a Christian singer-songwriter who also plays piano. Uh, oh, cool. We, uh, we had such a nice conversation, in, including hearing a little bit of her testimony. Uh, what a blessing it is that you too, uh, although not a Christian recording artist, are very open about your faith and your devotion. You you lead worship at church, at retreats and conferences, you play at youth camps. Just Just tell the listeners a little bit about all of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for asking, Bruce. Um, yeah, my, my faith has um, been a huge part of my life as, as long as I can remember, really. But I think um, for me, I mean, even we just we just talked about American Idol. And um, I really believe, uh, looking back on American Idol in hindsight, that that the Lord put me through that um, to give me a platform, um, to speak, uh, to, to younger people, especially high school age, um, kids about the whole, the, the thing that I think is so popular in our society right now is this, this sense of fame or overnight success. And because we see it popping up on social media all the time. And, um, I think so, I think more than ever, um, kids are wanting to be famous or, or be performers, which I think is fantastic. I think it's so great to want to be a performer, but, um, having had this taste of, of what it was like, um, to be famous, I guess, on American Idol, um, gave me this platform to realize that that didn't fill, um, the whole of my life of, or, or it, it wasn't the ultimate, um, opportunity, um, to, to find this, this fulfillment. Um, where, whereas when I put my trust in the Lord and, um, when I realized that, that he's in control and I'm not, um, it, it's such a freeing thing. And, and also to realize that his words, um, and, and his love for me, the only thing that matter, um, that has been, that's been a lesson I've learned because of American Idol as well. Mm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think now using what I have, using my gifts to, um, to, to, to write songs. I mean, I, I, to lead worship, of course, I love leading when I get the opportunity, but also I think my purpose is to write songs that, uh, may not be explicitly Christian songs, um, but have truth in them, um, and that hopefully will will point others to truth, um, and and at least plant that seed. Um, and I think that that really is what I'm about, um, and is sort of if I had a mission statement, that would be it. Yeah, because you can you can still do his work without actually being a, a Christian recording artist, and and you know by having songs with positive messages and doing the type of work that you are. You're still serving him, just not as directly as it as it might be to, you know, someone who's who's watching someone like Sarah or or you know the other Christian artists that I've had on my show and 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 actually sure. speaking speaking of a ministry, you also are very involved with charitable efforts, uh, specifically funding cancer research and helping terminally ill children. A, a few of your songs are part of all this. Tell the listeners uh, what what this is that I'm describing. Yeah, for sure, and I think also on, on that last point too, I think. Um, I have a ton of respect for Christian artists. I think that, um, I think that some, some, some people who, you know, um, choose to follow Jesus and, and our, and our songwriters or singers, um, their, their mission becomes, um, sort of an internally a, a church focused art which is for the church and building the church up. And I think that is so valuable. Um, what I do is probably on the, on the, on the external side of that. Um, and my, my audience isn't necessarily all, um, believers or, or, or aren't all sure, Christians. Sure. Um, but I, I think is, is also something that's valuable though, and necessary of, um, of spreading the love of Christ. And, and, and also I think, um, like in young life, I identify so much with young life because it's about reaching the furthest kid out. Um, the kid that may not walk into a church, um, or may have had, you know, maybe a bad, bad experience with the church in the past. Um, uh, but trying to break down those walls and those barriers, but, um, yeah, going, going back to your, to your question. Um, yeah, I, 
part of what I do is, is giving back. And I think, um, uh, it's not necessarily something that I, um, I do just to, to check it off a list, but, um, my, I, uh, when, when it comes to kids, kids, um, the, the, the other things I've done, I've, I've done, I've worked with Susan G. Cohen for the cure for a few years and did some songs with them to help, uh, fund the fight against breast cancer. Um, and then more, more recently I've worked with kids, kids, which is again, kid Craddock started this foundation. Who's a DJ. And each year they take terminally and chronically sick children and their families to Disney world. Um, and I, when I first started working with kid and I saw what was going on, um, with this foundation, I mean, my heart just it, my heart was all for it and so I talked to kid and I just said what can I do to be a part of this and so kid asked me to write a song for the charity that they could use for videos and for the trip and sort of as a theme song for that year and so I did I put it on my first album and all the proceeds went back to kids kids um, since then I've, I've written two other songs for for kids kids and I've been on the trip for the last po- uh, five years um, and going on that trip and seeing these kids who have spent most of their lives in hospitals um, finally get the chance to go on vacation, and let alone Disney World. Mm-hmm. And um, they roll the red carpet out for these kids, and, <laughs> and they, they cut every single line and, wow. Um, wow. and uh, just bring all kinds of characters to them. And um, fantastic. You would, it's unbelievable. I mean, and, and to see that through their eyes, it's, it, it's life changing. Um, and so I have just found so much joy, um, in that, in that work. Yeah, um, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, unfortunately yeah. we're out of time, but, uh, we are going to close today with a song of yours, Tim called dance. Uh, so before we let you go, just tell the listeners, please, if you would all about this song. Yeah, uh, my hope with this song, if you're listening right now, is to get you out of your chair and, and moving around. Um, th- this was a song uh, that I wrote on a flight um, when I was just, I was feel- feeling so good about, um, I was engaged at the time and, and ready to get married. And uh, this song is about just taking, t- not, not taking e- any moment for granted. And um, it's about, you know, taking off your shoes and dancing under under the moonlight um, on a beautiful night. So um, it's fun, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Outstanding. Well, thanks so much, Tim, for making the time today, and uh, continued best wishes with everything you're doing. God bless you. I appreciate you being on the show. It was great to talk to you. Thanks so much, Bruce. God bless you, too. Thanks for having me today. You bet. That will do it for this week's edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer-songwriter Tim Halperin. Remember to check out his website at www.timhalperin.com. And as I've mentioned previously, engage with him on social media as well. Like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter, and subscribe to his YouTube channel and like the videos on there. Let him know that you heard his interview and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Of course, purchase his music too, either via timhalperin.com or on iTunes, and go pre-order his new album now. And watch his website and social media also for his live dates. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. And give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That does help the show very much. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. Let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. 
There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel all on nowhearthis.biz or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their great new website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Tim Halperin. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Dance. See